Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Football Extra Points here on RF Sports Radio. I'm your host, Scott King, and I am the creator of footballextrapoints.com, part of the Yard Barker Network, and I'm your host tonight. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, the number is 323-927-2906. Uh, tonight we're going to be continuing our preview of uh, the combine, getting ready for the draft, and we've got a, a guest for this evening, uh, Josh Slobdell. He is a contributor to Detroit Sports 360 website. And we're going to be talking about my favorite topic, which is the Lions. And we'll be talking about their offseason, where they're headed, and what they'll be doing in the draft. So uh, we're about to wrap up the combine this weekend. Uh started last week with players showing up for interviews and different events. And we had over the weekend, NFL Network did a great job getting us plenty of coverage. So I think I have somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 hours uh, on my DVR of combine coverage to watch. So I'm about a third of the way through that, getting in and watching all the the times. And really the best thing for me on that is is to get a chance to, to hear the breakdown of the players, see how they go in the drills, and get an idea of who's going where, any surprises, any any big big things jumping out at you. So this is a really good time to, to get to know who the players are coming out and, and what teams think about them. It's pretty exciting that uh, NFL's had it on TV in the last several years, and in the last couple of years they've even allowed fans in, so they're really trying to expand that. Uh, some big highlights from the weekend. Uh, time-wise, you know, right out of the shoot, we had uh, Armstead, uh, um, offensive lineman for Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff, running a, a sub 4740 for alignment, which is pretty impressive. And I think that kind of set the tone for the weekend. We had a lot of speed on display in the combine. Uh, Marquise Goodwin out of Texas, he ran a 427. Tavon Austin, wide receiver from uh, West Virginia and Ontario, um, McCaleb out of Auburn, and also Ryan Swoop, uh, wide receivers out of Texas A&M, all in the 4-3-4. So really speed was, was the talk of the of the, the day and, of the combine, and, you know, it was really, really interesting to see how that went on. Um, some guys that didn't impress too well on speed would have been Manti Teow, uh, he ran, I think, a 4.81.40. Um, People were waiting to see it, and you know, I, I don't have anything personally against Manti Teo. I, I think he brought a lot of, I guess, uh, 
attention to college football, which it turned out to be not really for the best reason, and I'm not going to get into that. Don't really care. Um, but from what I saw of him play, the competition they went up against, especially what happened to him in the Alabama game, I just don't see him translating to the NFL. And I think his stock's going to continue to fall, especially with this low time, and he's going to drop. And I think in the Alabama game, he was exposed as, as somebody that gets swallowed up with this um, NFL caliber offensive line. So um, I just don't think he's going to have a chance to really go far in the NFL, but, but we'll have to see about that. Other than that, um, highlights, just a few high, high ones. Uh, Geno Smith threw, and uh, he looked good. Yeah, you know, and, and I hear he's, people saying, well, he solidified himself as, as a uh, first-round quarterback and number one quarterback, and I, I just think he, he's the best quarterback in a down year. And he's just – I think teams are, are going to overvalue this guy and draft him too high and put too much expectations on him. And I don't know if he's the, the next Akili Smith or is he the next um, – you know, Colin Kaepernick, it's hard to say. But for me, at this point, I think he's being overvalued too much. But we're just going to have to wait and see what happens down the road. Uh, Matt Barkley, another quarterback, discussed often. Uh, he did not throw. He was uh, he was in attendance. He's still holding out with his, uh, his arm issue and waiting for his pro day, which is coming up uh, towards the end of March. So the the – Kind of the worst news to come out of the combine, and, and I was trying to read up more on it today, was uh, the defensive tackle star Latulale out of Utah. Uh, many have have put him at the very top of the draft board. I think Todd McShay has him as his number one overall player. Uh, definitely a first round top, you know, top two or three uh, pick talent wise. Had a heart condition come up in his his physical. And, you know, the, this physical situation that they go through with the Combine is really the part of the reason that the Combine was created was to get all these players together and let teams take a look at them. Um, it's unfortunate he did not participate in the drills, and, and they're trying to figure out, you know, kind of what his condition is. But I think when you look at a situation like uh, Gaines Adams from up the road here for me in Clemson a few years back, he was a top – a top five or ten pick, I don't recall exactly. And uh, he ended up with a heart condition and he died. Um, drafted by the Bucks, traded to the Bears. And, you know, he, he was a player and, and he he had a heart condition and he died. So I think, you know, teams are going to be very conscious of this. I think it came up in the, um, in the physical. And I think that's something that teams are going to take a really close look at. So, Hopefully his career in the NFL isn't over before it started. That would be very um, unfortunate for him. So we'll have to keep a close eye on that and see what happens. Uh, so that's kind of a quick overview of the Combine. There's a lot of coverage out there. I'll be continuing to dig through it. And, and of course, as we get further and further in the off season, Combines and Pro Days are going to be coming even more important. Um, as far as uh, – other roster moves, last week, shortly after the show, there was a lot of uh, releases by the Jets. They purged some serious cap space. 
Sports Guy, Calvin Pace, Eric Smith, Jason Smith, and uh, Josh Baker, the tight end, were all released. So they're trying to get under the cap, make some moves, purge some some players. So be interesting to see what direction they go there in New York. Uh, Tebow is still on the roster, last I checked. So we're going to have to uh, keep an eye on that situation, see what they do there and what kind of moves they make. Uh, other than that, I did see Kellen uh, Cullen Jenkins was released today, defensive tackle for the Eagles. So players are continuing to go out there. There's still a lot of free agents that teams need to make decisions on, and that's going to decide how teams are shaping up. So um, we're all keeping an eye on, on who's getting released and really waiting for that March 12th date to come up. That's when uh, the league year starts, and, and we're going to have players out there and, and free agents going. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens between now and then uh, the next two and a half, three weeks. So that's uh, kind of a highlight there of who's been cut. Like I mentioned, March 12th, we've got the uh, the big league year starting over and then the, the end of April is the draft. So we're all keeping an eye on that and seeing where we're heading. So uh, if you want to talk about what you saw in the combine or or where you think your team's heading in the draft, you can call in 323-927-2906, and we'll be talking with uh, uh, Josh here of uh, Detroit Sports 360 in a few minutes, breaking down the Lions, and, and got several questions for him, uh, especially since I follow that that team so well, so closely. Uh, so I mentioned a few teams here. We've got pro days coming up. It's kind of the next big thing. So starting March 1st, we've got some pro days. Um, some key ones that I looked at, kind of going through the list here, March 6th, we've got Wisconsin uh, coming up, South Florida, Mississippi State. There'll be, be some players there to watch. March 7th, Clemson, Missouri, and Miami, and uh, Ole Miss. Then we've got March 12th, Florida, UCLA, and Kansas State. March 13th, Alabama. Uh, they've got a lot of players, especially in the offensive line. But they'll be featuring Eddie Lacy will be out there. Michigan State also the 13th. March 14th, we've got Georgia Tech and West Virginia. March 15th, Arkansas. March 19th, Florida State. March 20th, Tennessee. March 21st, Georgia, Stanford, and Boise. And then uh, here towards the end of the month, we've got the 26th, you've got Texas and Notre Dame, the 27th, USC, LSU, and South Carolina. So that's going to be the chance we get to see Matt Barkley. So he's bought himself another month. And then uh, March 28th, we've got uh, BYU. So it'll be interesting to see there um, what we've got with uh, uh, the defensive end there at BYU. So... Um, we're still continuing to dig through this off season, seeing how players are looking, getting a chance to get some some breakdown on them, and and really seeing where our teams are headed. So it's an exciting time, uh, continuing to build up towards the draft, and the league's doing everything they can to to continue to build that in the right direction. The league's been talking uh, recently this weekend about how they're going to change the off season program. I'm talking about pushing the combine into March and the draft into May. And, you know, some people wonder, well, what what are they trying to get after? What are they driving for? And and it's 
it's kind of obvious that they're trying to make this league a truly year-round situation. So right now you've got, in February, the first part, you've got the Super Bowl and kind of the hangover from that. And with the combine coming in February also, the league wants to move it to March to kind of extend things, to give a chance for things to slow down after um, the end of the year, push the combine into March, and then uh, push the draft then into May. You come off of the draft, you've got mini camps, training camp the end of July, and we're right back into football in August. So this is a way for them to kind of lengthen the, the, the off-season programs to connect the dots, keep fans interested all the way through till uh camps start up in July and we get that first weekend in August where we get the Hall of Fame game. So uh, I like the fact that the NFL continues to look to make these tweaks to make the game better for the fans. And you've got fans coming into the combine. You've got fans now being invited to media day. You've got um, them now trying to, to uh, spread out the off-season program and you know, it's it's great for the NFL to, to continue to reach out to the fans and understand how they're important. The biggest thing I think that the NFL has to overcome right now is the uh, in-stadium experience. The the complaint you hear from people is it's too expensive, and and really an even bigger one is it's unsafe. They don't feel safe. I've been to games in recent years as a home fan, as an away fan, and have had uh, witnessed and, and unfortunately been a part of some things that have happened uh, around me that that make it unsafe. And at this point, you know, I have little kids. I'm not going to take them to an NFL game, and, and that's unfortunate. But they, they've got to do something to, um, you know, what are they going to do for the cost side? They've got to get fans more of what they want. You've got to figure out how to get fans more information. If it's for fantasy football highlights, highlights from other games, give them more for the money. And they really got to uh, address this fan safety issue. It's just turning into a time when people think they can do whatever they want, be obnoxious and loud. They're paying their money to come into the game. So they're going to, they have the right to do whatever they want. And, you know, I'm all for everybody having a good time and, and I go to enjoy the game, um, but I don't want to, you know, see people around me getting in a fight because they're on fans of different teams or even fans of the same team because they want to be obnoxious or, or anything like that. So um, the NFL is trying to improve things, but they've got to get this fan experience with the game figured out, uh, and hopefully they do that shortly. So um, if you want to talk about your team, you can give me a call. Uh, the number is 323-927-2906, and we're just uh, – talking about the combine and getting ready to break down the lions here in depth, uh, which is something that, that I do all the time anyways, but it's, it's, uh, always interesting for me to, to talk to another, another fan of the team and somebody that covers the lions. So they've, you know, unfortunately they've been a, uh, uh, doormat for years and that's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, they, they had a, a solid year two years ago and, thought they were going to have a better season this past season and unfortunately that didn't happen so you know for those of us that are Lions fans our, our concern is that are they heading heading back downhill or <laughs> excuse me was this just a bump in the road and they'll continue to be relevant they definitely have 
uh, a solid core of young players, especially at the uh, quarterback position with Matt Stafford. And as we've learned this year in the NFL and is really becoming apparent is if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're not going anywhere. And, and it's, it's pretty obvious when you look at the teams that are left standing at the end that they have their quarterback situation figured out. And hopefully, um, you know, the Lions have it figured out after a bumpy start to Stafford's career. He had the, the injuries early on. I was a little worried that he wasn't going to be able to recover from them, but uh, he, he did overcome those injuries. Had a very solid year two years ago. This past year wasn't that great, but you've got to have a good supporting staff if you want to. Uh, be successful in the league, and, and right now at this point, he just doesn't have the supporting staff. So, um, you know, the Lions need to make some moves in this draft to, to help solidify the team. They've got a lot of free agents out there this year that they've got to make decisions on, and they've also got to make some moves in the draft. So, um, you know, we'll have to see what direction uh, May Mayhew and those guys take the Lions this year. Excuse me. So, um, so as far as where the Lions roster stands right now, uh, they're they're obviously if you if you look at it from each side of the ball, uh, quarterback situation locked in Matt Stafford, uh, wide receiver situation uh, outside of Calvin Johnson who is is an amazing all world wide receiver record breaking uh, year last year, they have they have really nothing going on at the wide receiver position. Titus Young was a train wreck, uh, definitely a talented slot receiver, but just uh, he's just got to get himself straightened out, and, and it's unfortunate because they're really looking for him to do something. Uh, Nate Brolson, he was injured last year, so, um, you know, he, he fills a role, solid uh, number two receiver. And uh, Broyles had his second knee, major knee injury. I don't know that that the Lions can really count on much from him for the rest of his career, so kind of got to write him off. So you got weakness there at wide receiver. If you drop back to the running back uh, position, uh, uh, LeSure is definitely an option. He had the injury in his rookie year, comes back this year with some some drug-related suspensions. Uh, He's a solid running back. I, I mean, he's not Adrian Peterson, but he fills a role. And in this this age of two three back uh, running back situations, no one no one except Adrian Peterson and Aaron Foster is going to do it uh, on their own. So um, they definitely need to do something. And it's really unfortunate, you know. We talk about the running backs at, at Detroit, and and Javid Best's name comes up, and some people may have forgotten about him if you're not really a Lions fan and, and don't really follow this kind of thing, but. Um, you know, unfortunately, he had the uh, uh, the concussion that's held him out. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and continue this uh, this conversation with Josh and, and bring him on and get his thoughts on this and, and talk about the Lions draft. So, uh, good evening, Josh. How are you doing? Good. How are you, man? Great. Great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Hey, I never pass up an opportunity to talk about Lions football, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I hear you. For for me, it's kind of tough. I'm down here in South Carolina, and when I wear my Lions stuff, people ask me wh- who gave that to me. So <laughs> it's uh, it's a little harder for me. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I was just uh, getting into the lines, talking a little bit about uh, 
you know, the fact that they're they're solidified at the quarterback situation with Stafford, uh, which is a huge thing, a huge need in the NFL. And uh, I was just kind of going through the roster a little bit to talk about their biggest needs. And and I'll just bring you right in to get your thoughts. Going into the draft, what do you see as the number one need for the Lions? I mean, it's got to be something on the defensive side of the ball. As far as I'm concerned, they've got some offensive pieces. I think the rest of their holes on offense can be plugged up with uh, free agents if you work the free agent wire a little bit better. Maybe not the offensive line, but the skill positions. I think you can find the talent you need to have a successful season in the free agent market. So they need to spend invest some draft picks in that defensive secondary. And, uh, you know, the line's gonna be the defensive line is going to be an issue again. You, you don't know what we're going to have at end. You don't know how much money you're going to have to play Cliff Everall. You don't know uh, Kyle Bosch has been cut already. So, I mean, there's a lot of issues there, but I, I think you got to start investing high-round draft picks on that side of the ball. Yeah, and I agree. And, and it's, you know, it's interesting to, to see the Lions draft where they go and get Sue and then Farrelly and, and, and every Lions fan that I, I interact with online and, and, and I, you know, can see with my own eyes is they need defensive back help. And last year they go and they take Riley Reef, um, which is, you know, a solid player, but no defensive back help. And now they sit here at the top of the draft and, and is it possible that they're going to take a defensive lineman and, and not take that high draft pick on a DB because I don't think Milner slides to them at number five. Yeah, they're going to get caught in that game where you don't take cornerbacks uh, or defensive backs that high. You don't take them at five. And, you know, we say it every year. Every Lions fan says it like, well, why don't you just trade back? And maybe this is the year they really need to trade back because the thing they really need, they probably can't take with the fifth overall pick. Yeah, and the Lions are in the same spot as as the Chiefs are where, you know, there's this is a deep draft. There's a lot of really solid players, but there's no one – I think anyone's going to jump up the snag, and and it's it's easy to say to, that uh, they should trade back and the Lions should drop back. But if nobody's needing to jump up to number five to grab somebody, they're, they're going to be hung out there and, and have to make a decision. Yeah, it's the curse of being Lions fan. Like we say it every year: trade back, trade back, trade back. But it's just not that easy to get done. Yep. And this year, you know, with uh, you mentioned it before, free agency. The Lions have have quite a laundry list of guys. Uh, heading into free agency, they they have already cut uh, Vandenbosch. They cut Peterman. Um, you know, they still got some decisions to make. The, the offensive line needs some work. And, uh, you know, the running back situation on the offensive side and the wide receiver situation. I, I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of moves they need to make this year, not only in the draft but in free agency because they, they're going to have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, they got a lot of holes, and Martin Mayhew needs to control himself, not keep taking flyers on guys. If he takes, like, it's all right to take a flyer on the guy in the draft in the seventh round, he doesn't work out. Oh, it's a seventh round draft pick. Who cares? But you, you trade off the draft, Tyree Strong in the second round, and he, he flames out like he did. Now you're out of second round pick and whatever else you gave in to get that second round pick. And uh, they, they did the same thing with Job at Beth, and we didn't really get anything out of that guy. Yeah, I was talking about him just just briefly before you came on. I mean, if someone's not a Lions fan or, or following his career, they may have just totally lost track of the guy. He, I don't even know. He, he only played a handful of games, and and he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. And and I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to be able to get back in the league. And you know, you look at uh, uh, Broyles. You know, they they draft him coming off the knee, and he goes and blows his knee out again. You know, and it's just 
know, that's kind of unfortunate luck. But, it, you know, you're taking these guys, like you say, Titus Young was just a train wreck. You take them up in early rounds and, and you get zero for them. And now, now they're staring at another situation where they've got, you know, no depth at running back, no depth at wide receiver. They've got to address those needs. Defensive line, uh, defensive backfield, linebackers are free agents. So I, I was, I, I'm kind of concerned. Is this is this the time where they kind of build for the future and build around the nucleus, or do they fumble around and 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 we're we're a punchline for another few years while they try to figure this out? Well, history is certainly not on their side, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so, but I mean. They brought in Brian Sanders from the Broncos to help uh, make personal decisions. He's revamping how they evaluate their talent. So you got to hope that that's the X factor in this, that Martin Mayhew, I mean, he hasn't done a horrible job. I mean, he's not Matt Millen, but he was Matt Millen's hmm. assistant. And some of those really annoying flaws that Matt Millen had sneak out every so often, you know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah, they, that's that's for sure. They place way too much importance on wide receivers. You got the best wide receiver in the game. Who really cares who's playing opposite of him? You know what I mean? Throw that guy the ball. You put three guys on him, he's still open. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you look at teams like uh, New England running three tight ends with with really nobody that can catch the ball at the wide right. receiver position, and, and they're running deep. And and uh, you know the the Lions have um, Pettigrew there at at tight end. But, uh, you know, they need to do some more. They, yeah, there's more you can do with, uh, with a tight end or running backs with Calvin Johnson that, that can, you know, help the offense move the ball. Um, yeah, instead but, of wasting all these high-round draft picks on guys. That, and, you know, just taking bad risks. It's okay to take an acceptable risk. But you take a risk. And Titus Young had these kind of problems in college that we knew about it already. Uh, we knew about Ryan Burroughs and his knee. We we knew that was going to be an issue. We knew about Javid Betts and his concussion at Cal. You just make those risks later in the draft, but they're not going to impact the team as much, and you're still getting impact players in the first, second, and third rounds. Yeah. And if they do that, and if they do that, you know, you, the NFL is a model. You can turn a team around pretty quickly. I mean, it's not that long ago we were a winless team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. I... I still remember watching every one of those games that year. <laughs> I remember going to my family's house for Thanksgiving that year, just hanging my head in shame, like, I don't even want to wear my Lions gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, that was the uh, Tennessee game. Didn't they get blown out like 42-7 to 7 or something crazy? Yeah, it was that? embarrassing. And I told them right then, I go, they're going to go on 16, not because they can't, because they're the Lions. Right. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's so, just how it is sometimes. Yeah, unfortunately. So of the uh, free agents that they've got kind of pending here before the, the March 12th league year, who do you think their biggest target's going to be to bring back? I mean, we've got guys like, uh, let me just go through the list, uh, uh, Gaz, uh, Tackle, um, you know, several of these defensive linemen, Durant, Cliff Averill, um, you know, Chris Houston, so uh, and Delmas with you know another guy who can't stay on the field. But what do you hear? Uh, or what are your thoughts on who, who they really need to target to bring back for, uh, that's on the current roster? I say Lewis Delmas because he's the leader on defense. Uh, even when he's hurt, he's still a leader on defense. I'd say uh, Cliff Avril, he's affordable. And then 
then you're talking about just a, a numbers game. We got to have enough bodies to put a team on the field. So you, you bring maybe you bring back Justin Durant or DeAndre Levy just because you need the bodies. Just you need another guy to play. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of situation when they're they're still overturning the roster from all the damage the Matt the Matt Millen era did, and that the the few mistakes that Mayhew has made. You've got a, a roster that's really deficient in talent, like overall talent, and you just have to keep some guys because you have to. But I would say Lewis yeah, Thomas this year, and, and if you if you add a team owner in the second round to Chris Houston, Chris, they're going to have to then teams are going to have to throw the ball. Chris Houston, Chris Houston's going to get a lot more interceptions. And they're going to force teams to throw at him because they don't do it right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and I really he, like Chris Houston. He, oh yeah, so do I. I think he's a, a solid player. And and you touched on something that you know I've seen uh, over the years is is no depth. You know they've got. It, in some places, they've got some pretty solid uh, front-line players, but really, other than defensive line, they ha- there's no depth anywhere on this team. And and that's, I think, uh, when guys started going down and, and, you know, there were wide receivers coming on the field last year. I, I'd never even heard of them. I had to look them up and uh, and in the defensive backfield. So with, uh, with lack of depth, they just don't have anybody uh, coming in the back end, and that's what you've got to build in the – you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you've got to be able to build that depth. Yeah, you got to have guys that are on the practice squad. you got to have guys that aren't playing in games that can, if somebody goes down, they're not, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to replace a Calvin Johnson or a Matt Stafford or you're not going to replace those kind of guys. But the second or third receiver, you should have guys on your practice squad or in your system somewhere that can come in and do a job for a game or two. Yep. Exactly. You know, Lewis Delmas, um, he, he kind of reminds me uh, as as a, a Bob Sanders. I mean, obviously he hasn't proven himself to that level, but a guy who, when he's on the field, is a force, but just can't stay on the field. And, and you know, I just wonder if he, he's going to, his career is going to follow the same path where he just can't keep himself on the field enough to, to make a, an impact consistently. Yeah, he certainly hasn't shown it yet. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, you're paying a guy on his potential now, and he has a lot of it, but you only have so many dollars in the NFL these days, and we got a lot of money tied up in that uh, defensive line. You know, you you got DeMonica and Sue on a contract from the old system that pays him a ton of money. you got Matt Stafford as the first overall pick. You're paying him a ton of money. you got to rework his contract every offseason to get his cap number to come down, so you got money to go to make moves you got to make, and they're just in a bad spot. You know, everybody thinks yep. it was great in the old system to get a high-round draft pick. Oh, I got the first overall pick, but you got to pay a guy $80 million, and he's going to tie up that amount of money, amount of money for five or six years. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, the Lions got two of them, on both side, one on both sides of the ball, and it's it's hard to manage around that. Yeah, yeah, those are definitely definitely anchors that, that they've got to overcome. The concern I have with Averill is, is I think he's, his number's going to be too much. I think – he's going to push his number too high where they may not be able to bring him back, which is unfortunate because he, he definitely can play. I like Cliff Averill, but I think if he had any value, they would have traded him at the, the trade deadline last year. So I don't know. Okay. Like, I think that he thinks he's worth a lot more money than he actually is worth. And yeah. I think no, he's a, like, I like Cliff Averill. I think he's a, he plays well with the Monica and Sue and Nick Fairley and Corey Williams and those guys on the line. But I just I, I just don't think that another team's gonna pay him what he made he made ten million dollars last year. I don't know if he's gonna get that number again from anybody. 
Mm-hmm. So his agent really, really need to look at the market and see. Because the Lions needed to get out of that contract at the trade deadline, and they they probably should have. But uh, if they, we don't know if they tried to move him or not, and uh, nobody did. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, he could go out on the market and find out he's he's not worth as much as he thinks he is, and then and then come back, end up back in Detroit if, if that's where he wants to go. So, and, I, and like I said, you, I mean, he fits here. He fits here real well. Well, you got a couple of disruptors up front, and then you maybe you add a guy in the third or fourth round on the draft. I mean, the draft, the draft this year is stacked with defensive linemen. So you add another yeah, guy, he, guy, another guy that can take up a block or two, and you might you might turn Cliff Abel loose. He might go crazy. You know, they always say that about quarterbacks that they're system guys, and I just kind of think that's like the kind of thing I think about Cliff Abel. That he's a system guy. He puts up big numbers because you're putting two guys on Stewart fairly, one of the two. So there's going to be one guy's coming free. At the end, of, you know, at the end of the day, that's just how football works. You know what I mean? Sure. Have you uh, taken a look at at the uh, draft? Any ideas where you think the Lions will go at five? Who might be there available for them? I, I've done two mock drafts so far this off season, and that's kind of low for me. But I've been busy with other things. But uh, I think right now the the biggest one would be Jarvis Jones, the outside linebacker from Georgia, and that certainly fills a need up front in the front seven. But uh, I really like the uh, that Alabama, that guard, Chance Warmack from Alabama. Yep. I really like them. If they're going to go that way, I know they did this last year, but they didn't play that kid. They take Riley Reeve with the 17th overall pick, and he doesn't play. And then when he does play, yeah. he's a fullback. And I thought that was kind of odd. Yeah, so, that I was. Mean, that was. If you're seriously about fixing the offense and you want to take some of the pressure off Stafford and Calvin Johnson, taking that Chance Warmack kid out of Alabama at five, is a solid move. He fills a need. He's going to open up big holes for Miguel O'Shore and whoever else, Reggie Bush, whoever else is going to be back there running the ball for the Lions in 2013. But, I mean, Team Milner, I think he's going to have surgery, so he's probably out. And there's a lot of defensive ends. There's so many defensive ends, it's even hard to list them all. The guys they could take there and make an impact, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My my latest mock, I've got him taking uh, Bjorn Werner, but uh, I mean, you could plug in any. You mentioned it, Jarvis Jones. You've got uh, Demontre Moore. It's just it's just a, a laundry list of la- laundry. Oh list yeah, names, the, but... that kid from Oregon, uh, Deion Gordon. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of those guys. I mean, it's, the draft is always deep with defensive linemen, but it seems this year even more so. That you might be able to find some quality yeah. later drafts. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and they've got some age, you know, coming up on the. They've already cut Peterman. Gaz is a is a a free agent. Uh, Backus is is a hundred years old, and so they, they've got to <laughs> they've got to do something here. And and this is the draft. I mean, geez, they could go through and and get two or three guys. And if you look at a team like San Francisco, who was just in the Super Bowl. It was just a couple of years ago in the draft they took Yipati. They they just loaded up on on offensive line and and now they've got the best offensive line in the league and they can do whatever they want. Um, you know, on offense. Yeah, I really, I really like that protection. model. Mm-hmm. I really like that model where you take a bunch of guys in one draft and you, you get them a good coach and you have them go work together. And maybe they're not great yep. the first year, but get them working together, get them gelling, and then they're, they're great down the road. And we're the Lions. Yep. We could take the long view on some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, we, don't, we don't expect we're going to be in a Super Bowl next year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Get. Uh, you know, you've already got Reef in there. Grab a grab a guard and a center. 
and yeah, and, and just get him a good coach and have him work. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of coaches, you know, Schwartz has been there, kind of took over, obviously, from from the pits of 0-16 and, and then brought him back to the playoffs last year, kind of a down year this year. Um, I, I know people were calling for his job this year. I wasn't one of them, but I said, you know, okay, um, one more season, and if they if they tank next year, then, okay, now it's fair to start talking about is he the right coach. So um, what, what are your thoughts on Swartz and, and kind of his well, his time there? I was, I was one of the ones calling for his job. And uh, my problem is when I see successful head coaches, I don't see guys doing the things that Jim Schwartz does, and I don't see his their players acting the way that the Lions players do on and off the field. I just think the guy is way too emotional for the job that he has. And okay. you want a little, you want a little bit of fire in that head football coach, of course. You want to be able to a guy that can pick, go to his players and scream and yell when he's got to. But he takes stuff way too far, like the ridiculous handshake incident two years ago, and some of his press conferences and the things that he chooses to say, and like the way that he goes about it. I like the way he carries himself. I guess is what I'm getting at. And I just don't know if sure. that's if that's what a young team like what the Lions are needs. Like could uh but. Could have somebody could another more strict kind of more private head coach dealt with Teddy Young a lot better, and they really they really goofed that up bad. Like you you cut them and then you bring them back, or you cut them, you suspend them, you you send them away from the team, then you bring them back. Why are you bringing this guy back? This guy's a cancer in your locker room. You're bringing him back, and he gives a ridiculous interview that a Lions PR person had the good sense to stop in the middle of. But it's just stuff like that. It seems like uh, the team is out of control a lot of the times. I and mean, you can see that in some of the bad penalties they take on the field. Not as much this year as two years ago. And the way mm-hmm. that they act off the field. Like, they're not being mentored in being good football. Not just players and people. Right. And well, and, and, yeah, his emotions, I think, you know, came on, on display with that uh, challenge flag on – um, Thanksgiving against Houston that he threw when when he wasn't supposed to throw it. I think he just got fired up and just threw it out there and ended up costing him a, a huge in that game. And, and they cost him a game, really. They think that, yeah. that that touchdown's coming back. That's not a touchdown. That guy was down. So you don't throw that challenge back. That gets reviewed. That's not a touchdown. So I, I just yeah. Like I want the fires in private, in the locker room, but not when you're on the sidelines. you, you got to be calm, cool, and collected out there and just go about your business and manage the game. I, I think they do a poor job of that, and that's why I don't think he's a good head football coach. Yeah. So so if the Lions start off slow next year, you think he's gone midseason, or you think the Fords stick it out but like they did with uh, – um, I don't Yeah, I don't think the Fords will fire anybody in the middle of the season. Yeah. I mean, look what it took them to yeah. me to get rid of Matt Millen and – uh, the only one I can remember leaving in the middle of the season was Bobby Ross, and he quit. So, yeah, I don't think they'll fire him. Yeah, but I, if they, I mean, you know what sports radio like is in this town. If he, they start 0-4, every every clown will be calling in the sports radio, so he's saying, you got to fire him right now. Yeah. Yeah, and the Fords, I think, will, will definitely, you know, hold on to him next year. And I, I think, you know, we'll have to see where he goes right now. The roster, and I think if he goes next year, the whole front office is gone. Mayhew, the whole group, Lewin, they they all need to go, and they need to really start fresh because, you know, like you said before, you got Mayhew 
these guys were part of the the Millen era, and and you know yes they've made some improvements, but you know it, if this doesn't work and next year they win three four games again, they've just got to blow up that whole front office and just start over and bring in Bill Cower or somebody to be president of all football operations and and just reset the whole thing. Yeah, I agree with you. That's my. I think of Schwartz's goals, if they win anything less than five games next year, I think they'll, they'll pull it up. They'll fire everybody and turn over. And, yeah, um, I, I'd just be disappointed if they go, if, if next year is another one of these four or five win seasons. It's it's hard to watch. It's so hard to watch, and you're in every game. It's even more frustrating to watch. Like I think the of the first four or five losses, the only one that was really bad was the Monday night game in Chicago. That's the only game I didn't feel like when you're watching that game, you didn't feel like they were in. I don't care what the final score was because it wasn't that, that bad. But you see them not be able to move the ball and not be able to stop Chicago. You just don't feel like they can win that game. But, you know, Texans are a damn good football team. Houston Texans are a good football team. They hung with them for most of that game. They don't make their coaching mistake. Maybe they win that game. Yeah. So it's not as bad as we all make it out to be. Sure, they only had, you know, three, four wins, but – you almost won a lot of those games, and that counts for something because we're Lions fans. Dude. We were winless, not to get lost in the cold. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what I what I notice when I watch the games is is they they mess around in the first half and and kind of hang around and and then just end up chucking it all over the field in the second half, and and that's how uh, Megatron ended up with all those numbers. Is they're just they're just chucking it from behind and. They've got to get this running game figured out. I, I think I, I haven't charted it, but they have to run more draws out of the shotgun formation than any team in the league, because it seems like that's all they're ever doing is just just running draws. And like I just think and, Scott Linehan is like challenged with the offense. Like he doesn't think outside the box enough. Like with the weapons that he has, he should be doing a lot, lot more with them. And yeah, like yeah. You have Calvin Johnson, you have Titus Young, you have Miguel Ostroy. You've got the weapons. Now, get a game plan together that takes advantage of all that. And I'm really, really down on Scott Linehan. I'm really not pleased that he's going to be back again. Cause yeah, there, there's really no see, turnover. It's not really the a wide receiver coach. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what does that even mean? Most people don't even know who the wide receiver's coach is. Right, yeah, they're they're just keeping the same, same same group of coaches back, and we'll shuffle around the roster and and see what happens. Seems to be their uh, their philosophy. Yeah, it's uh, so. I would have liked to see them make a move there and get some new blood in here, and as, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I'm not a real big fan of that wide nine defense they run, and I don't think they got the right guys to run it. But you can overlook that because I don't think the defense was the problem last year. I think the defense played pretty well. But it was the considering the, the injuries, a lot more. Yeah, considering that when you factor in the injuries too, the offense really played above and beyond what you expected of them to do. With the offense, we expect a lot from the offense, and they really underperformed. I thought. Yeah, definitely. But it's one of those things. Well, that uh, fans do, that's all we got to do is complain about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you. Well, it's good to talk to somebody that's not a uh, Panthers fan or, or uh, a Falcons <laughs> fan because that's all I get down here. So, right on. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on, Josh. Um, 
do you have a, a Twitter handle, or I know you're a contributor there at Detroit Sports 360. Any way for for people to follow your work and get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm uh, like I said, I'm the Lions writer for DetroitSports360.com, and uh, my Twitter handle is at Detroit Navy. Detroit Navy. That's me. And I do, like okay. I said, I live in Detroit, so I do lots of Detroit stuff, but I do some national stuff too now, and I do a lot of draft stuff. So. <laughs> Okay, well, well, great. Well, I'll be uh, talking draft and and uh, covering things here. So uh, a- as you uh, continue to work through your mock drafts, you, you know you're always welcome to come on and, and share your thoughts. And, and like I said, I, I love talking the line, so I can I can do it all night. We could do two hours of just <laughs> offensive line talk probably for the Lions. So uh, two hours well, of line talk. I'm only about to drink a lot of beer, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well. Well, I appreciate you coming on tonight, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch, and uh, I'll be looking for you on Twitter as we get closer to the draft. Sounds good, man. Okay, thanks a lot. All right. Have a good night, man. Yep, you too. All right, well, that was uh, Josh. He's a contributor there at Detroit Sports 360, so a couple of Lions fans talking Lions football, which I know is a, is a huge rating you know, gainer out there for everybody. I know Lions are, are kind of a punch line, so – uh enjoy talking talking lines personally and and uh tr- getting getting representatives on from each team so we'll be talking about uh trying to get the dolphins lined up the falcons cowboys steelers redskins so um actively pursuing all 32 teams to get a, a writer or a representative on so we'll be able to get in depth in each one of your teams so appreciate Josh coming on uh if you want to talk about your team you can call in uh, 323-927-2906. You're listening to Football Extra Points on RF Sports Radio. I'm your host, Scott King. We're just breaking down the Lions, uh, where they're heading, where their offseason's going, and, and just where their team is in general. So that was definitely uh, a good good breakdown there. Um, so as we're, we're uh, continuing through, the off season, I've got my uh, three round mock draft up. This is the pre combine mock draft. So, looking at it, I already see tons of changes I need to make and players that that need to be shifted around. Um, I think, you know, just looking at this, Geno Smith might be, you know, climbing his way up to that number one spot, more based out of need than anything. Unless the Chiefs go out, if the Chiefs land uh, Alex Smith. I, I right now have Geno Smith going to uh, the Cardinals at seven. I think they need a quarterback. That That's definitely a landing spot for them. Uh, look at a guy like uh, Manti Teo. I think the, the real story on him, uh, as far as his play goes, is going to come out. And I think he's going to fall. I mean, he, he's going to drop to the later half of that first round. And, and then we've got, you know, just a, a pile of, Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, defensive. T- uh, it's just really, really exciting to look at this draft because, you know, those of us that follow the game closely know that championships are built with defensive linemen, offensive linemen, defense, you know, a quarterback. These are all kind of the keys that you have to have. Uh, you've got to be able to protect the quarterback up front, and you've got to be able to rush the quarterback with that front four. Uh, or three if you're running three, four, it, to be successful. If you've got uh, – if you can't protect your quarterback, if you don't have a quarterback, if you need to blitz, 
you're going to get exposed and you're not going to be able to make it that far. So to see all these linemen and defensive ends, there's a lot of teams that are really going to get uh, some really solid talent and, and build for the future. So uh, that's exciting. So that that mock drafts up on footballextrapoints.com. Uh, please please feel free to take a look at it. Let me know what your team needs, what I missed. I've got about 120 players on my big board. I'll be re-ranking those after the combine, um, gone through team needs uh, as kind of I see it and, and where teams are at. So definitely uh, open to to your input. And, and just to kind of put a bow on the, the combine, it wraps up tomorrow. Uh, today we had some more defensive players running their times. Uh, we had defensive linemen and linebackers. And tomorrow on the field is all about the DBs. So we're going to continue to see some fast times. You know, guys are going to continue to fly out there on this field. So that's a great thing. Uh, my extra point this week, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I'll uh, just recap it again. It's the uh, the, in the NFL's changes to the offseason program. They've got uh, talking about moving uh, the combine back to March, moving the draft back to May. And I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, the NFL is trying to stretch out their off-season programs just a little bit more space in between these events from Super Bowl to combine uh, to draft to training camp. And if they can continue to, to keep those things connected and keep the interest going, uh, football will truly become a 12-month uh, sport and will just continue to dominate at the top of the, the sports world here in the U.S. So, uh, again, I, I give the NFL credit for continuing to think outside the box, really looking at every angle, how can they improve things, you know, how can they improve the fan experience, bringing fans into uh, the combine, media day at the Super Bowl. So, again, I really think they're heading in the right direction. So that was my extra point. Um you know, thank you for listening to Football Extra Points tonight. And uh, appreciate Josh coming on and, and talking lines from Detroit Sports 360. Still working on uh, finalizing all of our guests. Uh, like I mentioned before, working on uh, on guests for every team in the league. So we'll be working on that and uh, working on getting everybody finalized and leading us right up to the, to the draft. So we'll spend this time talking about the draft and we'll recap the draft. And we'll be right into uh, combine, and I'm sorry, mini camps, training camp, and the Hall of Fame game was right around the corner. We'll be right back on the field. So, uh, always interested to hear from you guys. So hopefully next week we get some more uh, fans calling in and and sharing about their teams and talking about them. So, um, but for tonight I think we're wrapped up. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back on next Monday night at 9 p.m. So. Uh, Thanks again and have a good night. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.